Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 122. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the man who left his shoulder in Nax Ramis, Thomas Smiley. And we're here to talk about Legacy. Uh, we're here to talk about some other stuff, too. Listen, I got I got lots of feelings about some things that I, that I had to pay for this week. And I don't know if I want to go too much on a rant for it. Uh, about it, but as soon as you started to talk about my shoulder, I was like, God damn you, Harvard Pilgrim. Oh, no. Okay, so listen, I've been going to physical therapy for like five weeks at least, twice a week, okay? So my health insurance company, where I have pretty good health insurance, I get a, I get a, a mail, even after I've been paying my co-pays, like $25 a visit, for my first week of appointments and they charged me an extra 75 bucks. So I'm looking at it and I thought that like I had a referral, I thought everything was kosher and they're only covering like half of my PT. So I'm on the hook for like an extra 500 bucks from the appointments that like I already went to that I thought were covered. And then I'm pretty sure I got like, I got rung up by my plumbers so I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of in a bad mood. But I'm happy about Thanksgiving. I got extra stuffing that I'm ready to make. So um, so hopefully things work out with Thanksgiving. Ah, oh, sick, bro. Well, that, that's unfortunate. The uh, the healthcare blues. Yep. I, and I the bait, bait and switch with the plumbers. Well, so. Yeah, it's just like that. That just blows my mind. I thought that like, with the co-payment and the referral that everything was going to be set with it. But now I'm like, I, I, I wouldn't have gone to physical therapy if it was going to cost me a hundred bucks a week. I would have went like one week and then just done the same exercises they do with me every, every week there. Um, but yeah, anyway, anyway, we have magic to talk about. We don't need to talk about the plumbers, like still charging me almost the same amount for doing like half the work and me being really pissed off about that. Bro. Well, before we talk about magic, we got, some super magic some community based stuff to talk about uh and emphasis on community and emphasis on based right because this is with our boys over at leaving a legacy pat and jerry and we are doing the fundraiser drive bro this is like a very amorphous thing this year right this is sort of a an amalgamation of of things we have several gifts so some really some really dope gifts. I know Jerry put in a, a foil mana crypt. Uh, our boy Tom Cairns ponied up with the uh, jeweled lotus playmat from uh, Las Vegas, apparently, which was an awesome gift. I still have DJ's counterspell playmat. Wait, that can't be true. What? Jeweled lotus from Vegas? Or I don't know what it's called, bro. It's a it's a foil rainbow colored black lotus playmat oh okay 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 never mind yeah so yeah yeah I, okay I, I got you we've got all sorts of sick gifts um, we're not exactly sure how we're doing this yet <laughs> we might just end up selling them on ebay and putting in cash right yeah so, i mean like i think that we're just trying to do our best to make sure we get the message out for everything that we're doing yeah uh it's it's leading up to the holidays and honestly like just there there are fewer people in my mind that I see buying cards like the Facebook groups are a little bit less active so getting the word out there for everything that we're trying to raise money for is uh is a little bit more challenging but we'll do our best on Twitter 
And uh, honestly, we're, we're just trying to raise the most amount of money possible. So if it takes like taking some donations and just selling them on eBay, we'll do that. And we'll just make sure that we, we get a good chunk of change for, um, for Room to Grow in Boston. Uh, it's the charity we've worked with for the last two years. Yep. And, uh, and they, they do a really good job with what they do. So I'm excited to work with them again. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm pumped. So this past week, it was, uh, dude, it was one of the craziest weeks. I don't know if you followed this at all like followed along on Twitter or anything, but there was the usual like Wednesday downtime for Moto. Uh, the cube was ending and commander legends was coming online, obviously. Uh huh. And did you follow along with, with any of the difficulties people were having? No. I mean, was it just like maintenance troubles with people not being able to log into their accounts or? Yeah. So well, okay. usually, no, no, no. So usually they say that it'll be down from like, noon to three pacific or whatever uh yeah or nine to noon actually pacific and they come back like half an hour early so people are always trying to download it a little early but this time they came back a little late and the link was messed up to to download the client and if you got the link if you put in the link yourself and downloaded the client the the uh exe file was pointed to the wrong place anyway because they apparently they like halfway instituted SSL, uh, like mm-hmm. some of their links were secure and some weren't, and within the program the link wasn't secure, so it was a nightmare, bro. Like a lot of people couldn't get on Wednesday. Some people couldn't even get on Thursday. When you logged in, sometimes your collection was gone, and their trades were disabled until late Wednesday night. Oh, uh, so if you like rented cards, you couldn't even return them. Yeah, bro. I got in a game and I couldn't actually play. Like my uh. My client just kept kept doing crazy things like like visual bugs where I couldn't press any buttons or anything. It was really messed up because what they what they were doing was instituting all this all this multiplayer stuff like stops for for three player games and command zones, all this shit that I think they sort of had like a half assed way of doing it before had had to be done correctly this time. Mm-hmm. Well, coming from somebody who played a bunch of Blizzard games. Patch day is always a mess, and that I mean that doesn't surprise me with a major content update that um, that things got screwed up like that. So I, I even though I give Wizards a bunch of shit, it is not just companies like Wizards that have problems on days like that. Uh, it's kind of like the par for the course, I think. Yeah, for sure. But this one was particularly disappointing in my opinion because I was really looking forward to drafting this set, this Commander Legend set, and then it turns out that the queues. There's no one-on-one queue. It's four-player queues. So you have to play a multiplayer game. And the prizes... Are more like participation? No, essentially one... They call them votes. One vote goes to the winner. And then everyone votes on a player other than themselves who they feel was the the best opponent. The the what, However the hell you want to gauge that. Okay. And so there's a, t- a total of four votes that go out. And but you can get up to four votes, I should say. And if you were to win all your games but not get any votes, you would only get back uh, 37.5% of your entry. So you, okay. could three, you could 3-0 and not even come close to getting back your play points or, or tickets or whatever. So you're saying that the magic online prizing system for this draft format is as antiqu- uh, antiquated as the Electoral College? 
Is that what you're saying? It's yeah. It's it's actually worse. Okay. I will 100% say that. Although I guess it is secure, so there's that. So, I I also uh, I wanted to bring on. We we talked a little while ago about. Well, we had Joe Dyer on, and he was talking about lore and and cubes and all this stuff that we don't know much about. And our boy Jesse Inman reached out to me for the first time in a long time, actually, I heard from this guy. And he was super excited by all the commander, uh, what do you call it, adjacent, commander adjacent things we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And really wanted to talk to us about commander. And I was like, uh, you know, maybe when we have a down week or something. But it just happens, just so happens that this lined up exactly right where there's not a whole lot going on in Legacy yet. I don't feel like the cards have had enough time, the Commander Legends cards have had enough time where it's worth it to talk about the results yet. Mm-hmm. So I think this is actually the perfect time to get Jesse on to talk about competitive EDH and whatever the hell else he wants to talk about, really. So what's up, Jesse? Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. What's going on, bro? Just trying to make it out of... 2020 alive i guess how's everything uh, down in where, uh, where we all are yeah how's everything down in base south carolina um well my house has been trying to kill me that's been exciting wait what's been um, going on with that talk to me about that there, <laughs> uh tom please we game. yeah <laughs> we, we can relate on the on the plumbers um let's see uh in no particular order there were apparently multiple kinds of mold hiding in the house there was like some sort of like weird repair attempt i we think by whoever owned the house previously and there was like some kind of ongoing leak issue um apparently like if you look underneath our house you can look up and see one of our tubs um yeah so you know i'm glad that we didn't just like fall through the floor um uh oh man uh one of the contractors was trying to explain one of the issues to us and like you don't ever want to hear the phrase load bearing poop pipe Um, i'm not even sure what that means other than just like i don't know something that's not supposed to have pressure put on it and it's supposed to just have its job be to transport waste apparently was i don't know um anyways we 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 made it out of the house with uh you know and uh, to the best of our knowledge, uh, did not get, like, infected or inhale anything, and nothing exploded while we were there. But, like, I don't know. Um, have you seen the movie E.T.? Yes. Like, so, you know, like, late in the movie when they've got, like, those big plastic sheets up, like, yep. for people's safety and stuff? Like, like a bunch of our house is, like, behind that kind of stuff uh, at this point. Um, that so. makes me feel better about the issue that I had. We, like... We, we had a bunch of work quoted where we were supposed to have a police detail and the plumbers were supposed to, like, dig to the street. And I called around to make sure that the uh, the estimate was reasonable for all the work that was getting done. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out they only had to dig half of the amount, no police detail. And they just, like, cleaned and coated the pipe. So their work is awesome and all of our issues are fixed. But when you compare the work that got done to how much we paid, like... We, we should have got a lot more money off of the bill than we had. So, like, right. they, uh, I think they, they took me for, they took me for a little bit of money and I'm still salty about it. 
Well, we will see. Like, fortunately, we're, we're pretty sure insurance is going to pay for most of it. Because, um, like, the reason we have these issues is, like, because of the previous owner. And apparently, like, we had coverage for that. So, you know, fingers crossed. That's good. Um, that, like, like, beyond our deductible or whatever, it's not going to be too bad. That's we're, sick. Because that would yeah. suck if, like, if they were like, no, listen, the housing inspection happened, you bought the home, housing policy doesn't cover what happened before. But as long as they cover it from before, then you guys are golden. Yeah, F- fingers crossed. We'll see once, you know, the final bill comes in and stuff. But uh, we had, trying, trying to hang in there. We had solar panels put on, and uh, I thought that when they nailed in the solar panels, it started to leak. So I looked mm-hmm. up to my ceiling and I thought that I started to see mold growing, but really, like, my eyes are just awful. And uh, and it wasn't. But I had, like, a good hour freak out before I got the ladder and got up there and was like, you no, You can read okay, more about okay, this on, in the Arrowhead Experiences section. <laughs> oh, my. All right. For all the people that know what that website is. Yeah, all two of you. That's a deep cut. But... Yeah, so have you played any uh, Commander Leagues, Commander Legend Leagues on Modo, I have. Uh, I played in one. Um, You know, I drafted uh, after, uh, you know, you were after people were actually able to do that. Um, You know, as you were describing earlier, (laughs) not really sure what was going on during that transition time. You had had Um, some pain with that? Yeah. It was brutal. Had had to wait a little while. Um, But man... I, I get what they're trying to do with the prize system. I mean, like, you know, Commander's supposed to be, like, a more casual format, and I guess they're trying to encourage people to be social and not cutthroat. But, okay, so, like, out of the three rounds that I played, one of them, you know, I, I won. Hooray. Um, and I got my one automatic vote. <laughs> um, you know, and nobody else voted for me. Um, one... I came in second and nobody voted for me. So like zero. The most productive prizes I got was in the round that I disconnected and was not able to get back in time. (laughs) So like two people pity voted me and like that was like half the prize or whatever that I or or more than half in the in the league. So apparently like the uh, the correct strat is just like Make people feel bad for you and don't actually play them and you get more prizes. That was my strategy for getting laid when I was 17. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, bro. I had the exact same experience, actually. I, uh, not with getting laid, but I, uh, I won one match and only got mm-hmm. that one vote for winning. I got mana screwed in one and got three votes for that one, which is absurd. So that was my most productive one where I didn't do anything. Yep. And then in one, I was just out to a completely dominant start, and everybody hated me and ganged up on me. So I didn't okay. win or get any votes. And yeah. at that, at this point, the meta has started to develop a little bit. And I don't mean, like, the meta in terms of what cards you're playing. I mean the meta in terms of, like, the politics of it, like talking mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's actually turned into the worst possible thing it could be, which is... A bunch of socially awkward sort of nerds in the chat trying to woo everybody so like you know trying to tell like these these punny jokes and like compliment each other and pretend they're not trying to to win the game or whatever 
where oh. I'm just like, I just, I can't physically stomach entering another one of these things. This is the, the worst possible thing I can imagine it being. I, I was done after the one. I mean, and I would like to believe that the people were being genuine in their attempts to make humor and be nice, but like the cynic in me is like, clearly like you're just trying to get some extra ticks here right like this is what's happening yeah um and it, it was just super awkward yeah it, it's really pretty gross and i know it's a lot of people that change their names to like you know female names and stuff and we, we can cut this if you want but I, there, there's Wait, a lot is of, that for real can you actually like change your mother name you can have multiple account. i mean i have multiple accounts oh okay 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 there's a lot of meta gaming going on do you I, really think there are people doing that well, in my last game, it was all three people, so I don't know. It's the, I mean, it's possible. It's statistically unlikely, given what I know about magic, but, <laughs> I mean... I, I got you. I don't know. Yeah, it, it just... It, it seems like it's going to a very dark place, to be honest. Sure. And I uh, I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think I'm done with it. And it's unfortunate, because I, I think the format is probably fun. It was fun drafting a deck. And it was fun playing when the games were in the couple turns where there was still parity and everybody was sort of feeling it out. Like, the gameplay seemed fine. And I didn't actually have any in-game bugs, so that part was cool, like, with mm-hmm. the, the way it was implemented. But the the format... And I understand, like, you know, four-player, if it's, if it's just based on who wins, it's too easy to collude, right? You could just have two people teaming up all the time and you'd be screwed. But... That you know, th- there's got to be a better way to do this. Just give us single player cues, right? Single player cues would have been an option. I think if like a compromise might have been, maybe the winner gets half of the tickets or whatever that are up for grabs, and the other half go to one person who's agreed upon as the best opponent or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. I just I just think that the the math and the numbers as the, as is 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 not great. Yeah, and that's kind of why we had you on, because you pitched it. You wanted to talk about what you call CEDH, which is apparently competitive EDH. Not not just me. Like, it's a whole community. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to misrepresent. Well, you're, yeah. you're the representative of this community. And what, what I liked about that idea, I would never have somebody on to talk about EDH specifically, because sure. I'm not very interested in that. But CEDH seems more like... Something I could support because it makes sense to me, right? Like I really, I, I agree. I really don't enjoy this multiplayer dynamic of like not not trying to win or like trying to be the the coolest guy at the table and not the the winningest or something or building your deck not to win, mm-hmm. right? This whole this, this basically the vote system is the perfect embodiment of what I don't want to be doing, right? So. What you the way that you described CEDH to me was more like just playing hundred card singleton legacy. Is that is that accurate? That's pretty close. Um, cut me off if I'm running on too long, but I have, actually have a lot of thoughts on that particular topic. No, go ahead. Um, so, long story short, like basically, there's a different kind of social contract when you're playing CEDH, competitive EDH, versus just regular commander, regular EDH. Like, if everyone knows that they're playing CEDH, then they know everyone here is going to be playing a tuned deck that's focused on winning, okay? Everyone is going to have a 
as close to possible uh, optimization for whatever strategy they are trying to accomplish. All right, so uh, in my experience, CEDH eliminates a lot of the confusion, the tension. You don't have people saying, well, I thought we were here to have fun or I thought you know, we were here to do cool stuff or I didn't get to get to my you know, 10 mana spell or whatever that I wanted to play. You know? yeah. um, it's, we're, we're all here to win. In the same way that like, if you go to play in a legacy tournament, you know, it, it doesn't even make sense to be like, oh no, I got paired against a counter spell deck or something. Like you just, it, it wouldn't make, you know, it's not something people would say theoretically. Right. Um, politics um, uh, in, in Commander um, can be awkward. Some people really enjoy it. You know, that's their jam. And I, you know, don't want to make fun of that. But it's not something that I particularly enjoy much. If it exists at all in CEDH, it's real clear cut. It's we're all about to die. <laughs> this person is, you know, about to execute a lethal combo or is about to attack all of us. Is there anything that we can do together just in this moment in order to continue playing the game? There's not this, you know, can you help me out with this nebulous thing and maybe I won't attack you for a while and Oh, so there is a multiplayer aspect to this. Oh, I apologize. It's still four players. It has the same band oh. list. Um, I, I apologize if, if I was unclear on that. Um, basically, the main difference is the intent. I mean, if you want to think of like four people, four people playing Legacy Singleton in a multiplayer game, that's a pretty good uh, analogy. Um, but basically it's like, okay, so, you know, somebody has cast Doomsday and they're setting up a pile with uh, Thassa's Oracle, you know, and, and the question is, like, I don't currently have a counter spell. Can anyone stop this? So like, does that's it, the level of politics. Does it come yeah. down to more like you have four people playing, like, very tuned decks that do very powerful things and the check on just who combos off first is that you're playing against a table of three other people so it's more Correct. likely that combos can get broken up yes okay um so in my experience a lot of times what happens is um and this is a little bit similar to legacy sometimes the first person to try and execute their combo a lot of times is not successful people are able to stop them and then a lot of times there's not enough ammunition. People aren't able to stop kind of like the second person. So there can be a dance in like picking your right spot. Sometimes you do have enough to be able to fight through whatever uh, obstacles people are putting in front of you. Okay. I get it. Um, so uh, a couple other differences, uh, CEDH versus regular uh, commander. Uh, the games tend to be much quicker. Uh, we're talking like turn three up to turn six. Um, that kind of thing. Um, and so instead of sitting down and expecting, you know, I'm going to play a, a two-hour game or whatever, you might play for two hours, but you'll have played lots and lots of different games. All right? Um, and also, it has the advantage that, you know, CEDH players uh, often have multiple decks built, and they can swap out. You know, so if someone has... 10 commander decks it might take them 10 weeks to play all those 10 commander decks yeah if you got 10 cedh decks you can do that in a night 
if you got a little bit of time because the games are, are over so quickly. Interesting. Um, so I have some... Th- go ahead. What about, like, mulligan rules? That's one thing I was wondering about. Like, is it is it, like, the casual mulligan rule, or is it, like, a, a competitive okay, So there, So there's the one free mulligan, uh, same as uh, Commander. Um, interestingly, like, uh, the player who goes first, even in this format, is still gets to, uh, still gets to draw a card. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been uh, some, some decent data analysis on this. Um, with that free mulligan and the advantage of going first, there's a statistically significant amount of times like you would think like four people each person should win like 25% of the time it's over 35% for, for first person I mean yeah, I guess legacy kind of, yeah yeah you know and being able to act before other people you know have as much mana out yeah um, in this in this compressed space I mean nothing new I mean I'm, I'm sure that I mean, legacy powered formats um, uh, the person going first has an advantage. Yeah, it's it's generally about ten percent. I mean, it, it's yeah. changed a lot. the The mulligan rule actually softened it a little. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you're, uh, it, it used to be that it was like I, I believe sixty one or sixty two, and now it's like fifty eight or fifty nine. Uh, from the from the first data set I saw after the new mulligan rule went into effect, at least. Right. But. Yeah, that's that's interesting, man. And I don't know what that would be like if it were a multiplayer legacy or whatever. You know, I imagine mm-hmm. it would be a lot smoother than thirty-five, probably more like thirty percent. But mm-hmm. that's just totally speculation. So, is this like an entirely paper thing, or pretty much? Um, however, um, there's a very robust system in place so that you can uh, play like using a webcam or your phone. Um, Spell Table has a free service that is pretty popular right now. It's online, doesn't cost anything to use. Basically, you can set it up and share it so that other people can see um, your uh, your play mat, your your uh, your field, um, uh, and your deck, and and you can see theirs. And uh, so people are you know moving around physical cards, but they're not having to meet in person, especially you know during the current COVID times. Gotcha. But um, you know, it happened before in shops, and I'm sure it'll happen happen again in the near future. Uh, and in my limited experience, uh, it tends to grow. Like it tends to become more popular. Like the the frustrations that uh, that some people have with Commander, like they want to use really powerful busted stuff, but sometimes you know they don't want to play super long games, or they get tired of you know, people being especially salty just because, like, they brought a tuned deck and the other person didn't. Like, there's this whole thing in quote-unquote regular Commander where it's like, well, what power level is yours? Because I'm a 3 and you're a 7 and can we meet in the middle or something? It's just, it's a lot easier and more straightforward in my experience where it's just like, we're all playing to win. We're going to be polite about it. You know, it's not that we're trying to be rude about it, but we're all on the same page about what we're trying to accomplish in terms of our experience together here. Yeah, with old school, that's what I found, why I was able to enjoy old school and, mm-hmm. you know, really sort of find find some, some serious enjoyment in, like, the deck building and playing of the games is that people were taking it seriously, you know? 
Sure. Like I, I forget the expression. Dave uh, Firth Bard, our our buddy who runs uh, Nerdland Old School, had some sort of expression about like se- seriously having fun or something like that. I, I don't know. Some mm-hmm. some some sort of like little saying he had, but it, it basically captured the the mood, which was like, you know. W- in order to have fun doing this, we have to take it as seriously as if it were, you know, for for real prizes or you know for for real stakes or whatever. Like we're right. we're really trying to win, it, and mm-hmm. that facilitates us having as much fun as possible, right? And I, sure. I really vibed with that. Like I, I felt like that was that was the appropriate speed that I need to be playing at in order to enjoy myself. Right. I personally haven't really played uh, old school. But um, I know other people, you know, who enjoy old school ninety three ninety four, um, who also em- enjoy uh, competitive EDH. Just heads up. Interesting. Um, so one of your one of your selling points to me when you were trying to tell me about this format the other day was that it overlaps heavily with the legacy card pool. Oh man, very close. Like if uh, if you're an enfranchised player, you know you've got you know at least one of, of a bunch of different dual lands. You got some forces. Um, some fetches, you're you're pretty much good to go. Um, legacy players are more likely than the uh, average person to have access to a, a, a guy's cradle, although you know you certainly don't need that for every deck in uh, NCEDH, but uh, most of the stuff is there. Um, there's one exception that a lot of people are actually annoyed about. Uh, workshop? You know, workshop is not legal in competitive EDH, Um, but time twister is oh yeah yeah I mean it wasn't legal in legacy I didn't pick one up and I didn't get into competitive EDH until possibly too late like it's price has skyrocketed Um, I think I think largely because it's legal (laughs) in EDH our buddy Rich Uh, Shea actually sold a time twister this weekend put central air in his house that's how much he got for it yeah (laughs) yeah it's, that, it's that was brutal. a beta, though, right? Alpha, actually, yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that's fancy as fuck. But, but pretty much everything else, and there are some, I mean, I think all the best CEDH decks play blue, but maybe I'm biased. I think all the best legacy decks play blue, too. So take what I say with a grain of salt there. Um, but there are some decks that don't necessarily have to play that card. Um, like it's not that you're necessarily playing like a worse version. Like there's some decks don't necessarily need those kind of wheel effects. And it's not like uh, proxies encouraged or whatever. So uh, it really depends on the people that you're interacting with. Uh, like if you're doing it over webcam, uh, my experience, uh, most people like aren't going to care. Like they just want to have people to play with. Um, every now and then, like certain shops, like uh, you know local game shops maybe grumpy and like no we really want you to you know if we're actually holding an event to make sure that you're using the real cards yeah but it's it's a lot of places are, are very are very friendly towards proxies okay um it, in my experience people just want more people to enjoy the experience with so yeah gotcha but yeah um if i mean i like to play with real cards uh if, if possible i don't i don't you know shame or make other people feel bad if they're playing with proxies just something about like I don't know the way it shuffles, the way it feels in my hand, the way it looks and stuff. But um, yeah, uh, legacy players also like 
the experience, like the time that you've put in with legacy decks is relevant also. Like it makes you good at this format. Um, and there's a lot of fairly close analogs um, in terms of like the kind of play styles you can do, the, the decks that work. So that helps also. Yeah, it's tough like like moving from a obviously like a very competitive two-player format like Legacy to try to make the transition to be multiplayer. That's mm -hmm. just like that's that's obviously like a big adjustment. Do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. Um, so, I mean, you can't qualify for the Pro Tour by playing competitive <laughs> EDH. Yeah. But in my experience, like there's pretty good technical players who are playing strongly um, and, you know, are, are taking it pretty seriously. Um, I, I understand, like, it's a little more casual, but I, I would say that CEDH is closer to Legacy than it really is to Commander, at least in terms of mindset and, like, how, you know, people are putting cards in their deck not because, like, they're fun or it's a theme, but it's like... How can I get my opponents dead as quickly as possible? Um. Yeah. So the the question that I have, I guess, is like, let's say that you're sitting at the table, mm -hmm. and you know the person who goes first or whatever is about to reanimate uh, Grizzlebrand or something, uh, or I don't know what whatever. World Gorger yeah. Dragon, for instance, is about to go off. Or resolve a yeah. There you go. Or resolve a Doomsday or something. And, sure. like, you have a daze that you could cast, mm -hmm. or your opponent, or, or, you know, someone else at the table might have a force of will. Mm -hmm. It's like, you both need to counter this spell, but who's going to counter it, right? Well, you go in turn order, you know, so we would pass, you know, priority to the person, you know, okay. to, to their right, basically. Is there, mean, there is, sorry, is there ever any, like, counterplay to maybe your, like, first priority, you're directly to the left of the person comboing off? Yeah. And you have a counter spell, but you put it on the people more mm -hmm. to your left to make them waste their resources. Yep. Because if it gets to that last person, like they've got to do it or the game's over. Right. That's so you're, sick. it's like Russian roulette. Yep. Okay. Somebody's going to do like something that. here. Yeah. There, there can be some fun dynamics that way. Interesting. Yeah, that, that actually answers my question. Tom pretty much ask the question I was trying to ask, I think. I like it. And obviously you can get burned, you know? I mean, you can be like, surely then, they have something Yeah, there. you can just pretend like you didn't have it. You're like, all right, let's go to the next game and not feel dumb. Yeah, yeah. Just scoop them up. <laughs> yep. Don't have to tell them. There's a little bit of poker there. There is. There is. Definitely a little bit of bluffing, yeah. Um, reading people, that kind of thing. Uh, I, you know, I, I can't wait to be able to like do it in person again, so I can see people's faces and stuff. So. Yeah, I bet. I bet it's not exactly the same online. There's just something too about like the competitive anything online. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you heard about this whole thing with the old school, the player with the time walk under his chair or whatever. Oh. Uh, there was like a one of the first COVID era big old school online tournaments this there was like recorded video of this guy obviously cheating and that's Yuck. kind of put like uh i don't know like a storm cloud over over the whole scene you know like wait. This. wait 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 okay it's an old school tournament yeah 
and somebody cheated on like their webcam yeah bro well yo all right before that happened ryan manilakis was playing a uh extra circle protection red in the sideboard in vegas so I so i heard about that i heard about yeah. that and i heard about the thing that happened at i'm not sure if it happened at lobster con but they're like our recent new england champion in the last year or so got their like title stripped too right something i i, I don't really want to speak on that but yeah okay 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 i don't know that doesn't really speak well for the for the old school community right like you think you should be, be kind of past that like 30 years later unless you're like oh really i feel like super nostalgic for that era because i cheated like a fucking bastard let me go back well yeah that's the thing right that that's like the counter argument that i've never made but i've thought about quite a bit it's uh. like <laughs> i mean you said you wanted the old school experience right <laughs> oh jesus but yeah i i don't know man what, what do you think do you think that the webcam cdh games are legit or do you think that the uh the c puts the uh the damper on things i'm not really aware of like prizes necessarily being on the line at least in the little stuff that i've done that's if it's not in person so i mean i, I guess people could i don't know to make people think that they're a, a big man or something i, I don't know like I'm, I'm not sure what like what they get out of that um yeah like they're not they're not winning thousands of dollars or something so i, I, I don't know yeah, no, I feel you, bro. I like, it's just like a thing, though. Like, I, I don't understand it personally either. But I used to play on Apprentice. I don't know, Tom. Do you remember Apprentice? Oh yeah, I remember Apprentice. I used, used to. It was free. I used to play on that Apprentice. when I was in college to like test because yeah. I don't know if Magic Online was out yet, and uh, I used to be able to just to like, play with like the little sprites of the cards that just had the name on them. And yep. you could double click to tap it and draw a card. Oh, I remember. Yeah. So basically, it was like cockatrice, like a very primitive sort of cockatrice. Jesse, if you're not familiar with this program. No, no. This is taking me back. Okay, you know about it. I, I tried it out, but like, if I played against someone who I didn't already previously know, they would just do like crazy stuff, and like, there wasn't like a rules engine, right? Like it just right. You could you could hit draw twice during your draw step, and that's what people would do a lot, especially if they got down in the game, because you could like also just like pass through your first main, and it would put all this text into the into like the the box of like the rules, sort of like not it wasn't a rules engine, but just like a what's happened so far, and just go straight to their attack phase, and you you it would scroll past the part where they drew two cards, so you hopefully wouldn't see it. But the point that I'm trying to make is basically is just that people will cheat when there's nothing on the line too. They're just they're sure. just idiots, you know. Wait, are you saying that humans make bad choices that make life worse for others? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh maybe not a thing down there, but up here <laughs> something we have to live with. I'm sorry. I was trying to make a, a bad covid joke. I apologize. Oh. <sighs> that went right through my mask. Oh no! No, the mask oh, no. didn't work. No, oh, sorry, no. I can't. I need to like. I need to push back on these comments. That <laughs> I can't be the one that making those jokes. I wear my mask all the time. I just want to let everybody know. Tom's I believe. Vaccinating us I believe they stuff. work. No, I can't. Like, if, as soon as the first round comes out, if I'm qualified, I'm going to get it. I'm not going to be one of these people that are like, well, 
I'm never gonna get a shot from the government. I'm never gonna trust the government. They got you're the gonna, election wrong. Why did they get the vaccine right? You're gonna get the uh, the first shot, huh? No, I I won't qualify for the first shot. I think they're giving them to like all of the like the medical personnel and people who are like super at risk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we're my gonna. We'll have it. What's up? I'm sure my wife will have it soon. Yeah, I mean, like, I, that, I, that's who I would imagine would would get the first round of them. So, uh, if we uh, we have a really bad batch of these three vaccines and they uh, they have negative side effects for all of our healthcare personnel, we're gonna be in a really bad spot anyway. So. Yep, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. So, anyway, you have here cards from Commander Legends. No, 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 no. Wait, you have here familiar playstyles and archetypes, which is exactly where I wanted to go next. I didn't see it on your notes here. Is there Delver in this format? Obviously, there's not the card Delver of Secrets because, I mean, there there could be, but it's not like consistent enough that you draw your one Delver in your hundred card deck, right? I feel that there's a pretty similar option. Um, do you know the card Najila, the Blade Blossom? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, Tom. It, no, okay. I was just I was about to say like how it'd be really hard to have like a tempo tempo aggro shell. Seems like in it, a right? in a in a multiplayer game. Like right. I completely understand if you're playing one on one like that. Like no doubt I can I can envision that. But I can't, I can't imagine a deck like that in a four-player game. Exactly. So, real quick, Najila the Blade Blossom, two and a red, human warrior, three, two. Whenever a warrior attacks, you may have its controller create a one, one white warrior creature token that's tapped and attacking. All right, so basically it stacks. Like, first it makes one warrior, then, the, then you have two, and then the next time you attack, you're getting another two. Like, it, it expands exponentially, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, it has an ability, uh, Wooberg, untap all attacking creatures. They gain trample, lifelink, and haste until end of turn. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Activate this ability only during combat. Yeah, so basically, you can go infinite fairly quickly with this card. Um, so, if this is your commander, though, mm-hmm. none of your mana can produce Wooberg. Actually, the the way the rules work, uh, if it has the mana symbols even like in the rules. Oh, text, so this is a five color commander. Okay. Yeah. Yep, you're it's go- a five okay. color. You're right. Yeah. I don't know commander. It's all good. It's all good. Um, basically, this deck throws out a couple um, roadblocks to the other people. You know, like a couple um, things to slow them down. Has a couple counters while beating down the whole time. Um, in, in my mind, it's kind of Delvery, and I've enjoyed playing it, and I've played Delver a lot uh, previously. Um, had, you know, a little tiny bit of success with it. Um, you queued for know, the Pro Tour with it. I mean, I didn't want to be a jerk and drop it. But <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, t- to me, th- this reminds me of Delver. It's not the card Delver of Secrets, but in terms of, like, playing some little creatures... Um, trying to get the game over quickly through attacking um, and slowing down the other people just enough to get you across the finish line. Um, it kind of reminds me, if anything, like uh, like Rug Delver when it was still playing like Nimble Mongoose, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, like, like you're having to like stifle stuff. You're trying to do just enough so that like you can hold them out off just long enough while you're doing 
your more straightforward attacking is is the connection in my mind gotcha yeah. um perhaps it's not as as good a comparison to like whatever you know delver is now with like oros and okos and stuff and like drifting into more of a mid-range deck but. right so what about what about the other archetypes like is there is there like a hard control deck uh i haven't seen one quite be successful um kess uh dissident mage do you know this one uh i feel like i've heard the name it's grixis right it is Grixis. Uh, it's one, and then Grixis colors. Uh, I want to get the words exactly. Is it when right. you cast a spell, you deal that much damage? Is that the one? No. Uh, during each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Oh right, I have played so against like that in Legacy card. actually. Yeah, yeah. Like every now and then, it pops up, you know, and it's you know three, four flyer, whatever. Uh, if the card would be cast this way, if, if you go to your graveyard, you exile it instead. So basically, you know, you're kind of like flashing back stuff without calling it that. Um, so this one gives you a little bit more. Uh, it, it's trying to go a little bit longer, and it doesn't mind if it, you know, it tries to combo and it doesn't work the first time. It's going to try again because it has access to at least some of its pieces again afterwards. Um, so compared to some of the other decks, this one's looking to go a little bit longer and play a little bit more of a you know resource attrition kind of style. Gotcha. So is anybody slamming a turn one Blood Moon in this format? Um, you can. Uh, the problem is there's a lot of artifact mana. Um, so it's not necessarily game over. Um, most of the top decks, you know, are multicolor, so like you, you can get people a little bit with that. But uh, mono blue, um, Urza Lord High Artificer is certainly like a, a decent part of the metagame. And oh it's yeah, not, I bet. It's it's not gonna care about it. Um, there, uh, there are like some lock pieces. Uh, do you know Drainus Magistrate? Yeah, what that that's from like uh, a couple sets ago, right? Yeah, a Coria. Uh, it's you know little white hate bear, uh, one in a white one three human wizard. Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. So oh yeah, that was the the one to hate on the uh, companions. Yeah, yeah. So that this, works for uh, commanders. Yeah, they can't do their commanders. Oh no shit! I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's your opponent, so you can still do yours. Um, shuts down stuff, you know, obviously it's in their graveyard. Shuts down Cascade. Um, one of the top decks uh, is uh, Food Chain with uh, uh, First Sliver. Uh, do you know that one? No. Uh, That's Wooberg, uh 7-7. Seven, seven. No, never mind. I'm thinking one of the old ones. I'm pulling it up. <laughs> I just want to make sure I get it right. Let's see. I'm pretty sure it's like uh, it, it has Cascade when you cast it. Yeah. And then Sliver spells you cast have Cascade. So whatever, okay. like you you play a fair amount of Slivers. You play. Uh, it's from Modern Horizons, I think. Yeah, it's it's a new part. one. Yeah. So so basically, like you wind up like being able to make like infinite mana off of this and a, and a food chain. Uh, off of the stuff that like you hit um 
Interesting. Uh, but yeah, like Draenei's magistrates, like no, Cascade's not happening for you. That's not a thing for you anymore. So um, there's definitely some people who are playing, you know, things like that, and like uh, Trinisphere and Rest in Peace. Like some people are, are trying to slow the game down with with different lock pieces. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, counter spells are a huge part of the format, you know, as as they should be, you know. Um, so a lot, a lot of blue, but there, there's some variety. It's not like, you know, there's, there's several decks you can choose from. I would say it's like roughly similar to legacy in terms of like, there's multiple things that you can choose and like they have enough differences in their play style. Okay. So what about cards from the new set that are, that are influencing the, uh, CEH or any cards like, uh, like Hall Breacher, Opposition Agent? Definitely. All right. So you mentioned Hall Breacher. All right. Um, that's a big deal. <laughs> so there's already lots of decks that are playing lots of wheel effects. So, you know, Wheel of Fortune, Time Twister, Windfall. Um, Echo. These, yeah, yeah, Echo of Eons. Um, even, you know, Time Spiral every now and then. Um, anyways... So Hole Breacher just gives them like some added redundancy. Like they don't have to have out um, Notion Thief or, um, oh my goodness, Narset. Yep. Leo Vols. So, yeah, all, all kinds of different stuff. Um, so those things get more consistent, get more powerful. <laughs> Most people are playing blue already, so like that one's huge. Uh, new, new tournament staple. Yeah. Uh, Opposition agent is really interesting, and I've heard some really good discussion on this. Um, you know, there's multiple camps. Some people are just like, okay, it's busted. You know, it's going to be overpowered. Whoever gets it out is going to win. CEDH, more so than Commander, is very tutor heavy. You know, yeah, like demonic, tu yeah, demonic tutor is legal in the format. Imperial um, seal. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, mystical tutor. I mean, you you name it. Uh, it's all in there. Uh, and then obviously, like fetch lands are there. Like there's there's all sorts of stuff. Um, so, a take that I really hope is true is that some people are are wondering, okay, well, if this enters the format and becomes widely played, is it possible that people will play less tutors and will play more spot removal? Um, and that would get some churn, and that would get some um, some more uh, deck building decisions. Yeah. So, um, so you enter into this game like, okay, at some point, uh, opposition agent stops being good if people aren't playing tutors, if people aren't playing fetch lands, if people aren't going into their library much. Right. It, you know, we're not we're not there yet. <laughs> um, but hopefully, at some point, like it will become a question, and people won't just like be locked into a certain number like well i'm in these colors i have to play these tutors right you know, I'm, um fingers crossed that it could actually you know despite some of the initial backlash and despite some of the initial like oh this card is horrible it's gonna you know make things worse it's possible that it might actually make things better we, we will see i mean it's gonna it's gonna take time to find out i, I would love to be able to like i don't know 
play terminate with a straight face uh, in in competitive EDH. Like that's not really a, a, a thing that you do. Right. Um, Chain of Vapor is something that sees play just because of how flexible it is. Right. Trying to respond to some things, but in terms of like creature removal, it's just tough. I mean, it's a four-person format, and it, if it's not helping you achieve your combo, uh, it's 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 not great. Gotcha. So, fingers crossed that opposition agent like might be good. I mean, uh, good for the health of the format. So. Uh, yeah. Jeweled Lotus, a um, little bit more nuanced take also. Like, it's good. Like, it's going to see play. Like, it's really good in Urza, for instance. Um, but it's not, like, just straight up, like, oh, we have a Black Lotus. <laughs> um, it's, it's not? It's being, uh, <laughs> well, it's only for the commander, for one thing. Right. Um, right. And it's only, you know, that one colored mana. So, for instance, like, say okay. you're, you know, say you're playing Kess Dissonant Mage. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Um, but, like, you still got to make three kinds of mana. Like, you can't just drop your commander, turn one with a Jeweled Lotus or whatever. Right, right. And, like, this is a format that already has Mana Crypt, already has Soul Ring. And you can play Mox Amber, you can play Chrome Mox. Like, there's already a ton of other similar stuff. Like, it's going to see play, but, like, I don't think, like, the sky is falling because this card is legal now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. A uh, couple more. Wheel of Misfortune. Um, it's going to see play. Um, again, uh, maybe overly optimistic, but some people are, are wondering, like, okay... So obviously this is a card that is going to encourage people to... Are, are you familiar with Wheel of Misfortune? Yes. With the, okay. Um, with the life bidding, if the person doesn't win just then, like on that turn, it's very dangerous to pass the turn if other people have creatures out. Currently, CEDH is not a real creature-heavy format. If people are playing lots of effects like this, then maybe it pushes people more towards... Um, decks like Najila that actually play a fair amount of creatures um, so that you can punish people like they tried to go off for their combo of Wheel of Misfortune like you know they cast it they went to one they weren't able to win they're just going to lose on the next turn because <laughs> like somebody's going to you know hit them for one right um, so like it's going to get played but I think it has like a legitimate drawback so yeah definitely I, I would be surprised if it was playable outside of a very aggressive deck though right Right, like, it. I think it's got to be like in a deck that's already playing several of that kind of effect and like really wants it and is like maybe comboing it. Um, we should actually. I have a question. So you start at twenty five life, like regular commander, or no? Uh, forty. Forty life. Yeah. So this is why um, the most popular win condition is a uh, demonic consultation. Getting rid of your library. Uh, Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because it hits everybody at the same time. Yeah, like they all lose because you won the game. Yeah. So, yeah, trying to deal 120 damage, not going to happen a lot. Like, I guess with like the Jila, you can have like some like infinite sort of combo step. Yeah, yeah, basically, deal. yeah. Yeah, like you're dealing infinite damage or you're, you know, doing something else that makes you win the game. Um, maybe you're. Underworld breaching with uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, 
and like and brain freezing people and decking them. You know, you're you're doing something else. Is um, ad nauseum like a commonly played card? Oh, it's huge. Okay. Uh, ad nauseum is is a big part of the format. Um, I don't know if you were intentionally setting me up, but like the next card I was going to talk about, like goes in decks that are built around ad nauseum. No, I wasn't. I was just like, as soon you're as we started game. to talk about all of those tutors, I was like, wow, you can probably just like abuse setting up an ad nauseum, and that could just be sure. be brutal. And the and the mana curves are super low. Um, you know, you're playing like zero and one mana artifacts, some you know one and two mana spells. Like yeah. Your, average converted mana is, is very low so like you can draw a lot of cards especially when you start with 40 life you know so you can go through like a huge chunk of your deck with that uh necropotence somewhat similar um but yeah ad nauseum is pretty pretty huge uh you know and the instant speed helps too you know like you mm -hmm. try and do it at the end of their turn um but yeah rograk son of rogach that's fun to say uh, you, know, you know this one, the the zero mana, zero yeah, like the commander. the super cobalt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, first strike and menace, and I think trample too. That little guy. It showed up in uh, the the challenge this week. It did. It did. Um, I'm I'm excited about that for this card for a variety of reasons, but in the competitive EDH uh, context, basically uh, there are things in competitive EDH called farm decks. I assume that's not something y'all aren't already familiar with. I'm not. I played Animal Crossing. Okay, basically the same thing. Uh, okay, uh, have you heard of the card Timna the Weaver? Is it a spider? She is. Well, I can well, picture like she's hanging it, but out. I, I don't know what it does. Okay. So it is a one colorless, a white and a black. It's a two-two human cleric. It's got lifelink. Relevant part is. Uh, at the beginning of your uh, post-combat main, post main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn, if you do draw that many cards. Um, also, it has partner. So basically, it's a, a, a commander that is a, re a repeatable source of a card draw. Okay. Um, uh, so this partners with a lot of other cards... Um, let's see, like Bruce Tarl, for instance. Everybody knows what that one is, right? <laughs> Bruce Tarl, Boorish Herder. Okay. Um, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. Basically, it's it's to get uh, the the colors uh, red, uh, red white. Yeah, you okay. got pulled up. Yeah, uh, it's got partner. Um, anyways, and like there's a I don't know an ox or something in the background. Several of the partner possible commanders that people play. Like, it's, I don't know how it got started. But people are like they're all on a farm together. Um, so like whatever. Somebody's making clothes. Somebody's got a ox they're taking care of. I don't know. Anyways, so is the, is the prismatic piper gonna ruin this? <laughs> No, I mean, because you can only add the Prismatic Piper to something else that has partner. Like, right. I can't, I can't just like, so when it's for, so for instance, I play Urza, I can't just be like, also, I got this Prismatic Piper. Um, right, but I mean, like, uh, 
instead of playing Carl or whatever you were just talking about, the spider <laughs> and Carl. Yeah. Then you could just play the spider and prismatic popper, right? Well, you could, but like you don't have to necessarily like actually cast some of these commanders. You know, and like there's no downside to just getting one that has actual text as opposed to being a five mana three three. Um well, the I, I, downside is you can you can play like a Taxian probe now, right? Or the upside to playing Piper. Uh, well, you can't play like infinite partners. Uh, like, you could. There's certainly like really good ones that uh, that have blue. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I would say like it's it's probably a mistake uh, to to not have blue, but some people do it. So, like for instance, Thrasios is the other like super popular partner commander uh and that's a blue and a green and pulling it up apologize it's a little late for me yeah me too anyways uh partner commander green and a blue uh one three uh ability is four scry one then reveal the top card of your library if it's a land card put it under the battlefield tapped otherwise draw a card and it's got partner so I don't think it lives on a farm, but it still gets called a farm deck or whatever. And it's, anyway, it's got blue. It's also an infinite mana sink. If you've got that, you can draw your library. Okay. So um, before I got off on this uh, tangent, I apologize. Uh, Rograk is where we started. Anyways, it's got partner. Uh, you can play it in ad nauseum farm decks, whatever. You can play, you can add that red color identity but what it's particularly useful for is the decks that are trying to accelerate into a quick ad nauseum, they a lot of times play uh, uh, rituals like Culling the Weak, yep. for instance. You know, so like, okay, whatever. I had this commander that I always have access to that only costs zero mana. Now I have four because I was able to cast Culling the Weak. So um, there's another one too. There's a red one that's not quite as good. It's like for a red sack a creature and you get three red. Uh, but anyways. Yeah. So he, he helps with that, and I think he's going to be playable because of that. Sweet. Okay, and then I got one more if you if you got time for it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this one is the most fringe, but I've already seen some people playing it. Obeka Brute Chronologist. Do you know this one? No. Okay, so this one from Commander uh, uh, Legends. Uh, it's in Grixis Colors. It is uh, one and then Grixis, and you can uh, uh, tap it, and the player whose turn it is may end the turn, okay? So if for whatever reason you wanna be nice to somebody else, they're in trouble, or I don't know, I'm sure there's some corner case where somebody else is going off on somebody else's turn. But the reason that it's relevant is uh, it combos with all these like extra turn effects like Final Fortune, basically. Oh, yeah. So like Isochron Scepter, Final Fortune, um, there's like a Portal Three Kingdoms one. It's like Warrior's Oath or Honor or something. There, there's a couple of different variants, basically. Um, and the color identity like gives you access to like most of the good stuff in the format. I don't know that it's necessarily better than playing like Kess Dissident Mage, but I think like you can legitimately want to win and still like play this card and like have have a decent chance. Like most people are playing Isochron, or a lot of people are playing Isochron Scepter anyways. Um, 
that plus uh, lots of mana rocks plus dramatic reversal. You know that one? Yep. Um, you can get you infinite mana. So like you're not having like the package basically. You're not having to slot too many bad cards into your deck. Right. Like you play you play this. You play Sundial of the Infinite, which also lets you end your turn. You play a couple like extra turn cards, and uh, it's it's a cool deck, you know. And people are excited to to try out something new. So I th I think it's already seen a little play, and I think I think it's a decent option as well. Sweet. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty pretty dope actually. I I would imagine that'd be pretty powerful. I mean, end of turn, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's good enough. It, it it meets the bar. Like you can you can definitely play this and, and expect to have like a decent chance. Yeah. Sweet man. So a lot of your other notes here. I think we talked about like the commanders to start with. Mm -hmm. Um, so you were talking about spell table before, which is a free service. Is that like a website? Yeah, you can go to uh, you can go to their website. Like you know, it's quick download. You don't have to. You know, give them your credit card or, or anything. Um, uh, it wasn't that bad to set up. Um, I don't know. I like it a lot. I've had good experiences with it. Uh, I had a friend of mine I haven't talked to in a long time. Like, uh, just randomly was like, "Hey, I'm on the spell table. Uh, let's let's play some uh, let's play some EDH." Like, somebody just contacted me about that today. So, like, it's becoming more popular. Oh, sweet. Can you play on on Moto? So you can play Commander on Moto, uh, unless you are inviting three of your friends. Uh, one, I think it's 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 tough for me. I mean, just like trying to do it on my laptop with the size of it. Yeah. Um, so that's a little rough. Also, like if you're just playing against random people, like again, you know, you have this social contract issue, like. Right. There's maybe different expectations. Like I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm gonna try and win on turn three with counterspell backup, and they're like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to play my my cool dragon deck, you know, and like, God bless them. I'm glad that they're having fun playing Magic, but like the two of us are not gonna interact well in that situation. Bro, that just reminded me. The last time I went to, uh, what's it called, open play or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I just wanted to test out um, whether a card was bugged. So I was looking for like an open play legacy game and the person who had created a game, it was called uh, No Masks, No Counter Spells. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's about what you get with, uh, yeah. with the open play lobby. <laughs> but, oh my. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry for well, derailing, but no, no, it's all good. I mean, you know, we get we got spell table for now, and hopefully in in the future, you know, shops and, um, you know, like when Grand Prix or Magic Fest or whatever they are exist again, like that's a thing too. You know, like you're at least trying to win tickets. You know, so like people understand you're you're here to theoretically try and win. Right. But, you know. So what what is CEDH TV? Okay. So just some resources. Um, CEDH TV, like by far, is my favorite like uh, YouTube channel that ha that uh, makes uh, commander uh, competitive EDH uh, content. Uh, the guy's like Swiss or German or something. Speaks English very well, but like I just enjoy their accent. Um, okay. Like 
and they they lean into it like they're aware you know and they and they have fun with it um but aside from being someone amusing and lighthearted, like the dude's legitimately like a good magic player like I, I wouldn't be surprised like if he wanted to like if he wanted to like qualify for things in, in other formats um and in my experience like watching the different videos um the ones that he chooses to present like there's not a lot of like sloppy play at all between either like himself or opponents gotcha. um, so like trying to get better learning like okay what is the actual you know tier one decks uh i'm a big fan of that one uh, other other uh there's other channels out there too um some of the other ones like are more focused on like kind of creating varied content and they do that a little bit on cdh tv too but like in turn like i don't think i've ever seen like for instance like a pod on cedh where like at least one player's not playing blue or something and like on some of the other ones even ones that are trying to be more competitive um like the 99 for instance also a good channel uh it's real upbeat and positive they have kind of think pieces sometimes like they had a good one recently about um should competitive edh have its own separate ban list from commander and they had some good nuanced point points on it um, i like that channel but like i don't know like they'll uh, have more meme commanders or commanders that are like firmly like tier two or tier three and that's gotcha. fine but like when I was starting out and, and most of the time, like I'm looking to find out like, what is the very top tier? Like if I want to do like the most powerful stuff, what I want to do or, or like, what's going to give me the, the best chance. Um, I, I think they might've just gotten tired of playing that kind of stuff. So, um, and can I mention one other real quick? Yeah, go for it. Uh, playing with power is also a real good one. They have very good editing. Um, it's very quick paced to watch their games. Um, you know, and, and traditionally they, they'll show like multiple ones and it's real easy to follow the action of what is actually occurring. Like they do um, some good graphics and like, you know, show you pictures of the cards and stuff. And uh, it's pretty good. I Sweet. mean, and there's, there's others out there. It's, it's definitely growing. Like, like just compared to like this time last year, for instance, I don't know if it's COVID or what, but not just commander, but specific, but specifically competitive EDH like has much more content coming out than previously. So it sounds like the uh, the analogs, I guess, for these these resources, these three big ones you put here, mm -hmm. like the ninety nine would be kind of like MTG Goldfish, and playing yeah. with, playing with power would would maybe be like uh, leaving a legacy, like you know, slick editing. And CEDH TV would be more like the dead format, like the high level technical <laughs> format. Sure. If I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah, that's completely what I was trying to say. You got it. Got it. Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, I pick up on the dog whistling. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> he's doing. It, he's doing it most of the time. That's why he knows. <laughs> awesome, man. So th this is pretty sweet. You've. Uh, You've kind of made me think about maybe putting a deck together and uh, letting it pick up dust on my on my shelf because I doubt I'll actually have anybody to play with anytime soon. But you can I, uh, do it with just like your phone or your or your laptop. Yeah, I don't know, man. There, there's something uh, there's something weird about that. I'm still not like 
I've definitely played a lot of Skype games, but I'm still not like in love with it. All right. Well, maybe after after COVID, you can hang out at a Magic Fest and get a match in or something. Yeah, bro. I'm uh, I'm definitely down. I, I like I like the uh, you kind of sold me with the poker aspect, like this whole like sure. Uh, you know, maybe it passes around to the last person. They do have the counter spell, but they they just cast a chain of vapor to let it go around again, so that mm-hmm. maybe someone else will cast a counter spell. I kind of like that aspect of it. I don't know. There's something about that that kind of speaks to me. Yeah, once you get like four people who are on the same page and are willing to like do some of those kind of mind games and like take it real seriously and look for those little edges, it can be a really fun experience. Yeah. Yeah, there's something there's something honest and uh I don't know, not very multiplayer, not very multiplayer about that. I, I mean, that sounds stupid because it's a multiplayer thing, but you know what I mean, like a, a very straight up uh playing to win but also playing multiplayer, right? Sure. Um, I wanted to mention one other thing super quick. Um, there's a couple different websites that like say that they're like competitive EDH in terms of like uh, looking at deck lists. Yeah. Um, like most of them are pretty good. I, I, I particularly like the CEDH-decklist-database.com. It just it's, it's very thorough. Um, I don't know. If you get a chance. Sweet. I'll check it out, man. Anything else? Did you want to scoop in Jeff Hoogland before we go? <laughs> Are we not going to talk about um, the Legacy Challenge? Oh, no, we can, for sure. We uh, we had a couple. It felt to me like, so first of all, Wheel of Misfortune is bugged online. I'm not uh-huh. sure if it still is, but it was. Uh, where they could the other person could see what number you chose. So I'm not sure if anybody's played with that card yet. Kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. But we did see pretty much the cards that we predicted, other than that Rogak or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. We saw Court of Cunning actually show up. A couple people tried it in Blue Red Delver, Blue White Helm, and uh, Hull Breacher and Merfolk. We saw Hull Breacher and Snowco. Uh, Hull Breacher and Opposition Agent in the Esper Vile deck. Uh, also the opposition agent in the black helm deck like that that monty deck mm-hmm. and there was a deck that you want to talk about right what'd you call it young frankenstein was that the 11th place <laughs> the 11th place list yeah like that was a deck that was like in popular in like 2006 or something um basically plays young pyromancer and it's kind of spliced together with uh, some reanimator elements i i didn't come up with it not sure who did, but like I remember that being popular a long time ago, and it's it's back. It's hanging out in eleventh place. Yeah. So wait, who was that? Let me see. This is uh, the Saturday challenge, I believe. Yeah, Nukes Tom. Nukes nope, Tom. Um, nope, I'm in the wrong one. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, it's Super Joshi. Okay. Yeah. Eleventh yep. place. Yeah. Yeah, it's got Young Pyromancers, Dreadhorde Arcanist, one Gristlebrand, one Ox of Agonis in it. And it's got, you know, Entombs and some Reanimates. Wait, what's the Ox card? The Ox Uh, is the escape, uh, draw three, discard your hand, draw three or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Escapes for two, yeah. It's pretty sweet to Entomb that one, yeah. Yep. 
yeah, this going. this deck, when I saw this, man, I didn't realize it used to be a deck. I just thought this was someone who played too much Vintage Cube last week because <laughs> these, this is basically what your Vintage Cube reanimate deck looks like. You know, like you'll have a Dreadhorde Arcanist and a Brazen Borrower and a Young Pyromancer in it because those are good cards to play. And then you'll have your reanimate package. So I kind of just thought that that's what this was, but I guess this used to be a thing, huh? Um, just real quick, internet research seems to indicate that Glenn Jones used to play it uh, at SCG uh, events. Okay. At a, yeah, he used to do all the commentary. I remember Wastelanding yeah. a Darksteel Citadel while he was doing the commentary. <laughs> and it was fine because I won the match. But he's like, don't worry, everybody's done that. And then I've made some like more egregious misplays on camera. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Very yeah, nice. Just, yeah, was there any other deck you wanted to talk about, Jesse? Or? Uh, I mean, you got to stop me. Like, Legacy, I'll talk about all of them. <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, trying to keep our episodes, our, our time down. We've, we've done pretty well, though. Honestly, you got through those notes a lot quicker than I thought you would. All right. Um. I guess I'm I'm good then. I mean, it's fun to see new cards uh, seen play. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the format. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with the prices. Not and by excited I mean terrified because the the draft that I did I don't know about you but it took like five minutes for the eight man to fire, mm -hmm. uh, which is not good obviously for a format that's one day old. Um, I'm not sure how many of these cards are going to get into the ecosystem. Well, I mean, maybe that was a product of the uh, the issues with the client. Yeah, it could be. That that's, yeah. that's definitely fair. I guess we will see. And, like, I assume they're going to be, like, in treasure chests, like the more popular cards. Like, hopefully we can get, like, Hole Breacher and Opposition Agent and stuff. Yeah, that, that would be ideal. I, I didn't see them in there before, but maybe they are now. And the other thing is... Um, the, the trophies for this format, because they're based on votes and, and the, the votes aren't necessarily uh, winner-take-all, mm -hmm. there's there's no way to tell how many people are playing, like how many how many drafts have fired based on the trophies, because most most pods won't produce a trophy, just yeah, statistically I speaking. I haven't looked super recently, but like not that long ago, you know, there's just tons of people with just like one, two... You know, like, well, yeah, I don't think I think that there was only a couple people with two, and and there were just you know another couple handfuls with one, and that was it. It's not like Vintage Cube where it just like quickly, you know, we're getting right. double digits and stuff. Well, because every eight people that draft produces one trophy, right? Right. By necessity, but this is not that way, so you can't really tell how many packs are being opened anyway. <sighs> It's interesting though, man. There's a lot of value for anybody who who can stomach playing the games. There's <laughs> a lot of value in drafting, like just rare drafting this set right now. I mean, yeah, you I mean, just I... like you could just drop from the games, right? Like if you really feel like doing that, try to go for the it, pity points and ruin those people's days. Yeah. Well, the, the the problem is you can't enter the next game until your first game ends, I believe. Oh, okay. And the games are like between ninety minutes and two hours long. Yeah, it's a commitment. It's 45 minutes a clock times four players, yeah. so... Jesus. 
They could they could theoretically be over three hours, but it, I definitely had rare. one that was over two. Yeah, me too. And I you know got one vote, you know, so like. <laughs> It's pretty. It's a slog for sure, man. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking when they made it three games, but it is what it is. Hopefully, they'll maybe add a single player queue. I would really appreciate that because I. I think I would like draft in this format. It's just. Uh, it's a little much to ask, you know, for this long draft and these long games for. Not no guaranteed was, rewards. If only there was some kind of fun format where you could use some of the best cards that are in this set, but it's in games that get over by like turn seven. There you go. There's the sales pitch, bro. All right. <laughs> if people want to find you, Jesse, how could they do that? Unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully. You gotta go to. You gotta go to South Carolina. Look for the. Look for the house with the. Uh, what do What do you call it? The uh, fumigation tent over it. Yeah. And I'll be somewhere within a several mile radius of that. There you go. <laughs> All right, devformatcast at gmail.com if you want to hit us up like uh, like Jesse here did. Uh, I'm at Ian18125 on Twitter, Tom. At TSmileyMTG. You can follow the cast at deadformatcast. Jesse, thanks for coming on, bro. We really thanks appreciate it. Hopefully the listeners learned a lot about CEDH. And that's Give it a, a wrap. Shot. Give it a try, yeah.